Hey guys, we are pleased to say that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation charity. And now, a message from one of our supporters. Hey guys, my name is Baz Black. Uh, I first would have heard a Sophie story through the pages of Kerrang! magazine. Being a drummer and a musician, I grew up reading that. Um, I've always felt different and gone against the grain and obviously being heavily tattooed and pierced um, I have faced a lot of discrimination through the years both verbal and physical these days I try and turn my negatives into a positive through motivational speaking and make people feel like it's okay to be different which it is um, so I'm in full support of anything you do to bring these issues to light um, I was on the Chronicles podcast with the guys speaking about these very things so they're brilliant guys to get behind it and i'm in full support of it so thanks a million to learn more about this wonderful charity head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com hey jamie do you like being cozy i do and do you like staying cozy i like that even more then just heading over to www.staycozyclothing.com where you can find hoodies, tees, sweaters, and much, much more. With a new fall line out now. And just enter The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And make sure you follow them on the Instagram at Stay Cozy Clothing to keep up to date with all the new designs. Remember guys, that's The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. Hey, this is Jay Korowitz and Andy Lewis, and we're the filmmakers behind Cup of Cheer and other things too. <laughs> You're listening to Tom and Jamie present the Chronicles of podcast. Why did you emphasize of so much? It's the most important word. Of. It's the most important word. Well, reminisce with my ass, boys. Welcome to hashtag WBW Way Back Wednesday. And these are the chronicles of Cup of Cheer. Why Cup of Cheer this week, Jamie? Why Cup of Cheer? Because it's Christmas week and it's the greatest Christmas movie ever made. Oh, I mean, you've gone, you've really gone for that, to be honest. I've gone for that. I've gone for that. You've gone full pelt. And you know what, Jay? Do you know what? Do you want to know something? Do you want to know something? I agree with you. I massively agree with you. Cup of Cheer is fucking phenomenal. And if you haven't seen it, why? Sort your lives out. Especially if you love spoof movies, if you love piss take films, then you are in for an absolute treat. You really are. This film is incredible and this interview is amazing and was a first for us because ladies and gentlemen there's not one guest there's not two guests there's bloody three guests five yeah. of us on this call it was wonderful we obviously had mr Braden barry back uh, as he obviously stars in the movie and writes the score and wrote all the songs for it as well that's also available on spotify wherever you get your music from go to say we can fly and listen to the cup of cheer soundtrack Again, you will not be disappointed. And obviously we had the writers and directors and producers of the movie, Jake Horowitz and Andy Lewis, who, if you go through our archives, we had them on this show, just speaking to them all about their lives and careers in an absolutely hilarious conversation. But this one right here is all about Cup of Cheer. Yes, so you need to go and find that movie either on Amazon Prime or on Sky Store. It might be a tenner, but trust me, it's worth your tenner and then you have it forever. So you need to get on it. It's just, basically, it's a, it's a piss take of Hallmark Christmas movies all bunched into one. And it just, it's weird because obviously we discovered this movie thanks to the fact that we had Braden on the show. Um, and then obviously we made wonderful friends with Jake and Andy, thanks to Braden, uh, and discovered this incredible movie. And it's one of those films where you go, I'm looking forward to this, but I have no idea what to expect. And my ass does it deliver. It's inc- it's so funny. And you can watch it over and over again and still find it as hilarious and miss and bits you've missed you'll catch in the second or third time over. It's one of the things I because obviously we don't see each other very often. We do this on online all the time, but we don't see each other in person very often. The one thing we need to do is watch this fucking movie together. 
You are, yeah, I'm down, down. We I'm absolutely to, down for that. have to do it. So, yeah, go and catch a cup of cheer wherever you can find it. It's on the big screen in Toronto on when, uh, when this is out, actually, on the Wednesday evening. Uh, so if anyone catches this before uh, that on Wednesday evening, go and check that bad boy out. Uh, but if not, get online, go and find it. Like, just it's they've also got movies such as uh, All About Who You Know, they've got uh, another new and brand new TV series on the way, also called Sunshine City. So, please go and follow Sideways Dog Productions on Instagram and uh, keep up to the latest date with all the latest news and everything that they've got coming out, boys. So, yeah, please go and watch this film, you will not be disappointed. I, I try, I implore you, trust me. Jake and Andy are heroes. Brayden, hero. We're just, you know, we like to bring these people together. It's beautiful when, you know, the ma- watch the magic unfold. Jamie! Yes, sir. Any final words? Just Jake, Andy, Brayden, thank you so damn much. Everyone, I hope you enjoy this conversation. And it goes about saying, go watch Cup of Cheer. And then listen to the soundtrack. Sideways Dog Productions on Instagram. Say we can fly on Instagram. Say uh, follow. Say we can fly on Spotify and listen to the Cup of Cheer soundtrack. Guys, these are the chronicles of Cup of Cheer. Well, I guess we should. I should start at the beginning. That's when it all started. Funnily enough, it's how these things always start at the beginning. So, <laughs> ladies and gents, today we are not speaking to only one guest or two guests. We have three guests. Back in November, we spoke to the wonderful Braden Barry all about an upcoming project called Cup of Cheer. Well, me and Tom, we, we watched it and quite frankly, we, we fell in love. So today, returning to the show, we have the man behind the music, Mr. Braden Barry, and the brains behind Cup of Cheer, Mr. Jay Horowitz and Andy Lewis. Welcome to USUC Chronicles, gentlemen. Thank you so much. It's absolutely... Oh, not at all. It's just beautiful to have you all here, but we've never done three people at once so it's going to be <laughs> very interesting because normally it's one person who folks will go yes we'll bombard the shit out of you for an hour and now we've got bombard the shit out of three of you <laughs> so pretty much yeah. right i'm going to start with jake how was your year fella how's your year been is this am i being bombarded now yeah so i'm going to talk to you for a good hour <laughs> yeah how was my year oh man it was fantastic i went to so many concerts i saw so many uh movies and went out for dinner a lot how's my year i don't know it was shit it was uh (laughs) pretty awful um except releasing cup of cheer was really good um and we enjoyed making cup of cheer which we did at the beginning of 2020 and then releasing it at the end of 2020 um and it was just nice to be able to make something very stupid that made people laugh because what else are you going to do in a bad year like this? Well, yeah, at least it's like you have something to look forward to. So it's almost like, because obviously you got to make it at the start. So yeah. even though 2020 was an absolute pile of wank, at least you've got something <laughs> to look forward to right at the end. It's like, yes, this has been shit, but at least December is going to be wonderful, boys. So yeah, to sound it at the start and the end of something good and then just, yeah, wade through the shit. Yeah. <laughs> <in the middle. laughs> How about you, Andy? Uh, pretty much the same. I mean, again, Cover Shield was like the big thing for us in 2020. Uh, and the release went really well, so we were super happy about that. Mm. Um, but otherwise, <laughs> nothing much really to report other than sitting on the couch and slowly gaining more and more weight. <laughs> <laughs> and can I just say that Andy is sitting in a higher chair than me, so... Um, <laughs> I look, I look like his, his like little child, but <laughs> my chair doesn't go that as high as his. Yeah. I thought you were Jake. I don't know what you're trying to. <laughs> Are you not? Is this not what this is? Jamie, if you lied to me. Um... Um, Actually, yeah, I am his child, and I'm from the UK, and I'm just doing a a, a Canadian accent. <laughs> Can you do a British accent? Oh, can you do British accent? Oh, he's so accurate. I'm really good at it. Oh. I've been told that that's so true to life and not at all like a chimney sweep. You wouldn't believe. Yeah. All talk over here. But but Andy, can you do a Canadian accent? No. Um, I, can, I can maybe do like a very bad American accent. Like, a, like howdy, partner. But like that. That's really like the best it gets. Is, yeah. 
he actually had to do a Canadian accent in our first movie. Um, and it's in the final scene and it's like really weird and off-putting. <laughs> yeah, there's this a scene in his other movie where there's like a drive-through and I'm like the voice behind the drive-through. Um, and I'm just struggling. And so the whole movie, it's like action. takes place in Canada and then they pull up to this drive-through and then they're like, hello, what can I get for you? <laughs> Andy. Yeah. Do you want fries with that? <laughs> exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah, very, very stilted. Very it's, so, it's so Andy, I can't do a clean accent either. I've tried with Braden a few times. He's just like, just want to shut up. Just stop. It's not true. <laughs> the one with the guy in the desert with one sock. <laughs> I'm not going to do that now. Um, <laughs> Braid Man, what about you? Even though we talked to you a few months ago, I'm still going to ask you because, you know, why not? It's been a heck of a time, you know. Um, pretty much a shell of a man at this point. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. No, it's big. I mean, Cup of Cheer, like, really. I mean, I was working on Say We Can Fly projects, obviously, too. But, like, Cup of Cheer, like, working on the score is pretty much what, like, got me through. Cause it was like always something to look forward to. Like even, you know, when, like when, uh, when I was working on the score, it's like obviously had December to look forward to. So it was really, it was nice to have like just a little bit of hope, you know, at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I've just tried to, to keep working and, you know, stay productive and I know that we all have, um, so yeah, you know, it is what it is, but it's, uh, still created some stuff. So that's can't complain really good and completed Netflix. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Every time we talk to Brady, he's like, "Hey, I'm watching, uh, uh, I'm watching Dumbo's Big Adventure, uh, the limited series on Netflix." No, I, I was watching Come Elmo on. and Grouchland the other night. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? On your Netflix account. Yes. Yeah. You get I enough shit for that. I'm like, I didn't know this existed, and how did Brady get my password? <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Braid, in an update since our last conversation, we still don't have Shuffle on our Netflix. I'm not happy about this. Really? I want That's it. ridiculous. So before we talk about Cup of Cheer, Andy and Jake, take us back to the beginning of your of your filmmaking. How did you both get into filmmaking? Um, I uh, was one of those kids who had a camera and was making movies with my friends from when I was like seven years old. Um. So I always wanted to do that and I was always just making silly little things and then uh, just progressively got more um, serious. I don't know. I just, I got more and I, 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 I then I started doing TV writing and um, I started producing stuff. And then uh, my first movie was called All About Who You Know and it came out a year or two ago, it came out before Cup of Cheer. Um, and then about a month, I don't, I don't really know where I'm going with this. I, what I'm saying <laughs> is that the movie came out and it was like, great, I can, um, you know, my first feature's out. Um, I can do all these great things that I've looked look forward to forever, which is basically just seeing your movie with an audience. And then uh, about two days before our first uh, film festival, uh, <laughs> all this happened. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've been inside ever since. <laughs> Have you got oh, any copies of those uh, old films when you were a kid? Yeah, there's a few in the archives that will not be released. <laughs> One? I think I've seen a glimpse of a couple. and I have not showed anybody. They, uh, they're very silly. And like, very I'm not in, I mean, I'm only embarrassed by them because I'm in them. If I wasn't in them, <laughs> I would show them to people. I think you should sp spread the love and show the world. What your the real Jake Horowitz? <laughs> a lot like of a chair is just like equally equally silly. <laughs> what about you, Andy? How did this come about for you? Um, I was actually <clears throat> studying creative writing as a degree, uh, and he was doing a master's degree in it at my uni in London, um, and that's how we met. And I'd kind of like dabbled a bit in screenwriting and film, and always interested me, but I kind of was just trying every kind of writing. Um, and then he started talking to me about the script he was working on and he'd said he'd been working on for years and he just kept banging on about it. So <laughs> eventually I just told him to like sit down and write it. And then I helped him edit it. And I just kind of accidentally 
started helping him make the film um and then before i knew it i was like in canada <laughs> on a film set um and i just really enjoyed it and kept going from there yeah human trafficking is how he's saying he got into it <laughs> <laughs> that's what started his career <laughs> smuggled in, in a cage on a ship yeah. Yeah. It took him years yeah. to get there <laughs> My next question was going to be, how did you end up working together? But now the answer is completely yeah, not an accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, human trafficking. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the name of the first film you made, sorry? Um, it's called All About Who You Know, which was retitled from its better title of Who You Know, as in it's about who you know. Um, but yeah, it's called All About Who You Know, and it's not yet in the UK uh, for some reason. I wonder why I couldn't find it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you can send your angry letters to our distributor. <laughs> <laughs> what was that one about? It's about um, there's something in my hair. That's Is a weird. That... That's a weird Sorry. idea for a film. <laughs> <laughs> it's about a guy who uh, wants to be a screenwriter. A very original idea, and he. Um, basically meets the daughter of this of his like screenwriting idol, this amazing like Oscar winning screenwriter that he's always admired. And he comes up with this horrible like romantic comedy plan to date her so that he can uh, like meet her father and get into the industry. Um, but unlike every uh, rom-com where they find out at the end and they're like, oh, but I fell in love with you anyway and it's cute. This is sort of like the real version of that, which is like you're you're creepy and this is weird and this is not okay so it's like sort of an anti-rom-com uh where it takes the tropes of romantic comedies and it's sort of meta much like cup of cheer uh funny a little bit more dramatic and uh coming of age sort of indie movie that actually sounds really funny i want to watch that thank you yeah i'll uh, send you a copy because nobody in the uk is gonna see it anytime soon oh that'd be yeah. awesome Yes, please, Jake, because I really want to watch it. So, Braid, yeah. what um, what got you into acting, sir? I know we asked you this back on the other show, but, you know, it's tying in nicely, and I want to bring it in, you know, as a whole. So, yeah, yeah. What got me into that? Um, well, uh, you know, growing up on the farm. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. I just No, keep like, going. Keep going. <laughs> I loved uh, I was like, obsessed with, like, Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and Pirates of the Caribbean were my, like, three movies, so I would just, like you know pretend to be frodo jack sparrow and harry potter spent a lot of time doing that when i was a young boy outside by myself and um yeah i don't know i just always loved it like i've always actually loved movies and acting stuff more than i love my music which is i don't know i do love my music a lot but i've always uh that's kind of always been my actual deepest passion i would say so first time i moved to the city i just uh started doing you know extra work and um you know, because I wanted to be on sets and started making my own stuff with my friend Micah, that uh, Dake and Tyke show. And uh, I mean, I've always loved, you know, doing music videos too. And it's not, it's not so much, you know, there's no dialogue in those, but I've always found a lot, of, you know, enjoyment out of expressing the stories of my music through, you know, through my emotions and just visually. So I've always yeah. kind of loved it. And then I happened to stumble into an audition with these guys and here we are, you know? So the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you end up getting involved in, in Cup of Cheer? It's a lot, it's kind of a long story, but, um, basically my, there's my a good mom, podcast about it actually. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> I made a podcast. Up, so, yeah. So they've heard it like 30 times, but basically, um, I moved out of the city to the small, this town where it was shot, Aurelia. And, uh, my mom followed this venue on Facebook and she sent me a post being like, Hey, they're doing auditions for a movie. And, um, yeah, so I went and I almost left because I didn't have a script and everyone else there did. And I was like, Oh my God, I prepared this like dark monologue, which I did for you guys. I think at like by the fireplace that one, <laughs> cause I was like, well, maybe they just want to see something. I didn't realize it was like a Christmas family comedy. It was not really a family comedy. But, uh, you know, so anyway, yeah, I went, I just went and like on kind of blindly walked in and, you know, walked out after I did my thing. And I was like, I absolutely ruined that. So, and then, uh, yeah, then Dan, the cinematographer ran out and called me back in and then they had me read like a drunk Santa part. Uh, and yeah, for some reason they wanted me to be in it. So yeah, <laughs> just really random. Yeah. We, we held those auditions in the uh, small town 
where we shot because most of our parts were cast and we were just sort of looking for local people to to fill the background play some smaller parts and then um Braden came in and was like a genuinely amazing actor um and of course an incredible musician and the most talented person that we know but we didn't know any of that at the time um <laughs> like really funny and really uh interesting and so we were like we got to find a part for this guy so we kind of we uh sort of gave him this henchman role which is one of the last things left and then we expanded it for him uh and then he just ended up working on like more and more of the movie and becoming essential to getting it made like other than acting he did like everything else yeah i was gonna say how did you how did you end up doing the music was it a case of these guys going oh you do music uh there you go <laughs> yeah i mean i don't really know like what your guys thought process was on like you know asking me to do it but yeah there's a jake just called me one day and was like hey do you want to score i'm pretty sure i almost said no because i was like i don't know how and then you you kind of told me like no just do it like, right, <laughs> don't take no for an answer yeah uh, all the actors we hired they were like i don't want to be in this and i was like you, you do it <laughs> andy definitely didn't want to have any part in writing it. yeah like i said he was just I brought was here human well. traffic yeah. so uh, <laughs> Forced, yeah. I didn't even want to do it. I have to like look at myself in the mirror, like punch myself in the face. I'm like, come on, come on. It's very, very <laughs> aggressive getting a movie made. So where did the idea for the movie even come from? Um we I think people were telling us a lot oh, yeah. uh that like the easy way to make money um in the Canadian film in industry is to write a kind of hallmark Christmas movie um, and like oh you don't have to make it good you just have to follow their kind of rules and write it and then you'll get an easy check out of it um, and I think we kind of reluctantly after being told it a few times sat down to watch one yeah we were like um, let's look into it um, yeah maybe it's not all bad maybe we can do it in a week and get a little bit of money um, <laughs> then we got sent like from a producer a sheet of like an app from an actual um, like I, it wasn't necessarily Hallmark, but it was like an actual film. It, it probably was Hallmark. I just don't want to get sued. It was uh, <laughs> from one of these companies. From what, some company rhymes with Mallmark. I don't know. Um, and it was like page 15, they have to do this. Page 20, they have to do this. Page 30, they have to almost kiss, but not really. Page 50, they have to be in a small, They like it was like beat by beat. And we were like, that's crazy we can do our own version of this and make it really funny because our favorite movies are they came together and airplane and naked gun mm. and all these movies that they don't really make anymore mm. and also just the second we watched one of them it was kind of like how is how has no one already made a parody of these like that it was the, like so much of the material was just glaring staring you in the face like ready yeah to go like I truly felt that the satire parody spoof film was dead because mm. I'm a massive Naked Gun fan, Airplane, Hot Shots, um, Top Secret, there's loads. But then recently, obviously, you had like epic movies, so like they've been so bad. And um, it was just so, I wasn't sure what to expect from it. And then you've literally revitalized the entire spoof movie thing for me because I fucking love that film so much. It was just yeah. glorious. Thank you. That was like our most aspirational goal was that we love that genre more than anything. And we wanted to show that it doesn't have to be people getting kicked in the balls over and over again, or yeah. like a shitty pop culture reference that doesn't. <laughs> and that's really what it takes, like just actual jokes. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, I don't know why they can't make movies like that again. <laughs> I mean, well, exactly, but it's almost because people get offended by everything these days now. So because you threw that, I mean, there was one part where you threw the C-bomb and I was just like, oh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm just going to have to rewind that a second because I'm pretty sure <laughs> that C-word just got dropped and it fucking did. I was like this, okay, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I love it because it's so, to the, it's so like to the bone almost like on the edge, but it's just like, it's just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. That was the only joke that almost didn't make it. Like everything else where we were like, cause we were pretty much in control of everything. Thankfully we, um, you know, had our final say in everything. But once we got the film finished and to the distributor, they were like, you should drop that C word. And we were like, mm, no. no, 
<laughs> there was also the issue of if we did, we the only way to kind of keep that joke in it in any way without a huge edit would be to dub the word. And it's a surprisingly difficult to find a substitute that works. Yeah. 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 Plus, Andy, you're British. You've got to get the C word in the, in the movie. It, I mean, exactly. To me, it, it may not be. <laughs> I think we also knew it was stupid because our like our our North American uh, distribution partners who were handling the international distribution said it's fine for North America, but in places like the UK, you cannot use the c word. And we obviously had both lived in the UK, and yeah. we said no, 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 that's completely the opposite. <laughs> we love that word. Of course. <laughs> So how long did it take you to go from like the concept all the way through to start in production? Um, Record breakingly fast. Surprisingly and um probably yeah. we uh we thought of the concept and started writing the script. We were going to the UK for Christmas, as we do every Christmas. Um the day before we left. So I think it was like December 1st or something. The day before we left, we started writing the script. Um, before Christmas, we were done the script. And then, like, sorry, we had the idea on December 1st. We were like, let's write this movie. So outline to script being finished was Christmas. And then we started shooting on January 20th. So, like, wow. Yeah. Two months from having an idea to having finished the film, which is never, you know, that's yeah, completely I mean, unheard of. But it was just because we were scrappy and we did the whole thing yeah. on our own. And really. I, I think it's, um it's usually the opposite with a script where the first draft is awful and you have to work very hard to get it where you need it whereas with this it was almost like it it worked very well because there was an easy kind of formula that we were following of the hallmark movie so there wasn't much editing to do and uh it kind of stopped us second guessing a lot of our jokes um mm. the fact that we just rushed it through to shooting it we didn't really have time to stop and and think if anything was uh, like too much or or too out of touch with the rest of the film or anything like that. That is insane. It's really impressive as well. <laughs> so you obviously you're both writers on the movie. Um, how did you go through that process of writing it? Is you both have like an aspect of the movie you work on individually, or did you both sit there and work on the whole thing together? Yeah, we, we sat in the same room and we each had our laptops and I did one scene as he was doing the next scene and then we would just trade back and it made us laugh and it stayed in. Uh, it was just, yeah, it was just like, what do we personally find funny? Let's put that in. And I think because we had such a good like understanding of the genre, like it's it was almost like we were like preparing to write this movie for a decade but just because we watch those movies all the time and and study them and then study what doesn't work in them like when the scary movies and the epic movies started making the whole genre terrible we were yeah. like make sure we don't do any of the things that they do yeah it's almost like they grabbed leslie nielsen and charlie sheen and went this will work we'll get the we'll get these guys you get these veterans these heroes in you know that that basically took spoof movies to the next level and they'll just do some random shit for no reason yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah disappointing but were there any um were there any jokes or any scenes that you had to cut out that you really you know were you told to cut out or that you wanted to use that couldn't use basically i think brayden was in one yeah uh, was in one of them there was one big one that we went backwards and forwards a lot on um can brayden can you explain it you were like the as the outsider to that scene wait which uh which one at the right. town hall with the... Oh, the baby. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, there's a scene where uh, my ex, like... Uh, um, I, this is actually the first scene I shot, I think. But yeah, mm -hmm. like, where we walk in and he, like... Like, the second last scene in the movie when they... When the yeah. bad guys come to the town hall. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a woman holding a baby and he comes in and, like, he's like, oh, and then he takes it and he throws the baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's really the extras on the DVD, isn't it? What? Yes, that's true. It is on. The it game. is. It's on the extras. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
the, the point being kind of that we were like, these nice people are going to, spoiler alert, kill this man. Um, <laughs> and it's meant to be played off as a victory. We felt like he had to do something pretty awful. <laughs> to just, <laughs> and I feel like it doesn't really get much worse than throwing the baby across the It was still funny. <laughs> Hundred extras from this small town that were in the room, like these sweet little small town people. We were like, guys, okay, we're gonna throw a baby, but don't worry, it's, it's fake. <laughs> fake baby. And they're all like, yeah, whatever, we don't care, real fake. We'll toss that baby across the room. <laughs> they did not care. So, uh, the jokes and the lines in the movie that like I said they're fucking hilarious and me and me and Tom we've started quoting them to each other all the time like if, if I was watching the movie we're just constantly texting back lines yeah. from this movie back and forth yeah it's so um where does that comedy come from do you have like a background in comedy of what inspired you is it, or is it just you're just naturally funny people mm, I think it's called like a mental disorder <laughs> 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 I, don't I don't want to make light of mental illness but we probably have it i mean it's quite it's a big thing these days guys so you know <laughs> let's let's talk about it it's the heart and like we've come to learn Braden are just fucking weird uh like we'll send voice most to each other that like are absolutely meaningless we'll like launch into a, a character and like have a two minute voice memo that doesn't mean anything. And so like, we're always just saying, we're always like entertaining ourselves, like with our own jokes that don't mean anything. Hmm. Um, so like a lot of the random humor comes from that. Um, like we just had like, and sometimes we'll write stuff down. Like if we have a, a joke idea out of nowhere, nowhere to use it. Like I think shut your fuck trap, which <laughs> very, that was just like a note on my phone and it just said shut your fuck trap and i was like okay yeah. that's we gotta put that somewhere <laughs> some of you on your phone at like 3 a.m yeah. when, when you like think it's a great idea and, <laughs> and it ended up working so i i do have like a, i have done stand-up comedy and i've always been a comedy writer um and comedy is like my background but um yeah i, I think just the movie is very us it's very our personality um, so that is sort of where it come from, where it came from. And we still like are doing jokes to ourselves every day that we're like, oh, let's put that in the sequel if we ever make one. I was going to say, so was that, you know, are you still, I'm hoping that you carry on with these movies, basically. I'm hoping that you're going to bring more out in the, the spoof genre, because like I said, I feel like you're bringing it back to life where it should be back on the pedestal where it was before. It's, yeah, you're 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 reeling it back in, and I'm hoping there's gonna be more to come. So um, yeah, I would love that. Um, I think people have to um, people have to see this movie, and uh, I don't know for that to happen. Like, I just think more people need to see it. More people need to talk about it. I think part of the problem these days is that people really will see a film and like it, and then they'll be like, "Yeah, that was good." What else is on? Whereas if you really hate a film, you'll tell everybody about it. And there's a lot of religious moms in America that really didn't like this film. Because they clicked on it on Amazon thinking it was a real Christmas movie, which we wanted everyone to do. But they thought it was a Hallmark movie. And you'll see a lot of one-star reviews on Amazon that say this is the worst movie ever made, incredibly vulgar. And it's just like, it's from people who didn't know what they were getting into. Fucking idiots. Okay, I'll tell you what then. I'm going to go on Amazon after this and I'll go to five-star fucking rating and I'll tell people what it's truly about. <laughs> Motherfuckers. But so yeah, anyone, you know, if you do like the movie, like a, a little thing like that makes a huge difference for us. It means more people get to see the movie. It means someone doesn't think it's a one-star movie and it gets to attract the correct audience. Exactly, yeah. Well, that's, Jamie, you've got to do the same thing, all right? Yep, I'm on it. Good man. Braden. With the score, dude. So, like, do you have to watch the scenes over and over and over again to put the music to it, or do you just write something and then go, oh, that was slightly nicely there, and that was slightly nicely there? Um, well, the way that I did it was uh, I learned that I could bring a movie into my, like, audio software that I use for recording. So uh, the movie's, like, right there, and I can play it and just, like, compose right to it. Okay. Um, oh, wow. 
So I just started with, I think the, I started with the intro. I remember I sent Jake, I was like, Hey, I was just messing around on the piano. And then he really liked it, which was great. Cause I was like, you know, it's, it's impossible. I mean, the way that I make all my music and I feel like a lot of creative stuff is just kind of like you fuck around until it's right. Um, and, uh, that's kind of what I did with the whole thing. I was just like, I don't like, I just press my keyboard and kind of see what happens. And, um, you know, I think the main thing for me was what I was most nervous about was, you know, I know movie, especially with a Christmas movie like that, it's gotta be kind of like one cohesive piece that goes through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, you know, sounds like a very challenging thing to do, but it, I just really broke it down. You know, I, I recycled themes, you know, just like melodies and stuff where, like me and Jake discussed, like, oh, this theme should come back in in this scene, you know. Um, so I, it was easier, you know, easier for me to look at it that way. But, yeah, I just kind of messed around and and it somehow turned out. So Nice. So you watched the, to watch the film over and over and over again, well, scenes over and over and over again when you were yeah. doing the, yeah, yeah. I watched it many times, yeah. And I, I think the version I had to work with first was like, it was like, there was really, it was just like the, there was no audio edits or anything. Which and it was, was like two hours you started on like the cut back when it was two hours long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, but it was it was cool for me because like I got to see like how much is was actually done in post with audio too. Because I was always really curious about that. So I saw, you know, the very first kind of draft and then the final one. It was really interesting for me to observe. So yeah, and then you wrote a whole album at the same time as well to go with it. <clears throat> I did. Yeah, I wrote that after in the summer at some point. Um, yeah, it was fun. No, sadly didn't get to put it out this year, but, uh, why is that? Um, I just, there was a bunch of problems with like trying to get it distributed. The one, the distributor I was using kept being like, Oh, you need this and this and like a, a license and like approval. And it was just like, it, it was weeks back and forth and it just got too close to Christmas. So yeah, that's such a shame. Is that because of the covers? Partially, but I, I also had a feature from another artist and they said, you need all these documents and, oh. but it was, just, yeah. So it was a time crunch, but now I know. So we'll put it out <laughs> next year. It's all good. Yeah, you- it'll be out uh, this coming Christmas. Excellent. Excellent. Cause the songs are beautiful. Cause obviously you've, you've released when snow falls off it, didn't you? I did. Yeah. That, and that is a beautiful song. Thanks. Yeah. Man, yeah. So good. Yeah. It was, I liked writing that one. So going back to the the jokes in the film and stuff, is there any particular jokes in the movie that you're like extra proud of? You're like, yeah, I wrote that. That is fucking brilliant. <laughs> uh, we do have, whenever we watch it, we, we haven't watched it in a few months, obviously, but uh, whenever we watch it, we're like, oh, did I write, did I write that? Did you write that? That one's really good. Um, and And I think it really... It's good that we've sort of forgotten who did what exactly, because all the jokes are like so cohesively written by the two of us that even though like you can tell even though like we know who wrote which scene we then both went back to rewrite and to punch up jokes and to add jokes mm-hmm. uh, my favorite joke that i didn't write which is andy's least favorite joke that he did write is um when santa says um the exact word he says, uh, "I don't think incest. I don't think incest is so bad. If it's between two guys. Call <laughs> me old fashioned, but I don't think incest is so bad." <laughs> I hate that. the second I wrote it, I was like, "This is just a joke. It's not funny. It's disgusting. It's gonna get cut." And every time I would try and cut it, he would he would keep it in, and I yeah, I still hate that joke. <laughs> Why? It deserves to be that. Brilliant. Either when we it was it kind them. of awkward to watch uh, with my family for that joke as well. <laughs> Fantastic! I think one of my favorite. I think uh, one of my favorites was, and it, which also really surprised me, was when Arthur is getting um, dinner for him and Keith. Yeah. And he's like, I hope you like child. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> that one, I do that love that one. I wrote that. Yeah, and I remember I I w- we were like hat. It was like time for dinner and we were like, okay, I'm just going to finish the scene before dinner. And that was my last line that I wrote. So I was clearly hungry. (laughs) (laughs) That's another one I thought like, fuck, I can't believe I got to stay in, but it's beautiful. And then obviously when he comes back into the cafe after and still talks about it. (laughs) (laughs) I left a child hanging above the fire. (laughs) 
what about you, Andy? What's your one of your favorite jokes? Um, I think the one that I'm kind of most proud of is the uh, when Rudolph takes off his hat and there's another hat on him. Oh, yeah. um, it's obviously kind of like very airplane that kind of thing. Um, and that was one that I think uh, that was the scene that people found it hardest to act through without laughing. Yeah, I think so, the cast was yeah. oh, that was their favorite joke too. Right, so I, I love that scene. That's good. I like was- yeah, sorry, I like all the visual gags. Like another one I'm really proud of is the Grandma Coco oh, yeah. would never have begged, and then there's a picture, and then there's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like from an execution standpoint, I'm just really happy we got to make all of those things. Because that was like the first thing we ever shot for it. It was like I had to beg my grandmother and my brother to be like to like get together so I could take a picture of them. And my brother pretended to be a doctor and, and like and they're like sitting in they're like sitting in the this like library at my grandmother's retirement home and I'm just like I'm taking photos of them and <laughs> They're like, what's the score? And I'm like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so my personal favorite joke of the whole movie is it's just the ah, oh, this recipe was passed down to my grandma from a man on a tall ladder. <laughs> Gets me every time. <laughs> what about you, Braden? What is there a particular jokes in there that you loved? There was I don't know why, and it's like, but my fa- I don't forget what the whole line is, but it's when Arthur at the end with uh he's with um Chris, sorry, like outside the house, and Chris says something to him, and then he's like, "No, it's Arthur or something." <laughs> what, is, what does he say? What does he say? Oh, he says gravity, right? Or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. I just, I don't know why. I love that one, dude. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, there was there was quite a few. But um, I remember the one uh, that my ex in the when he's in the bathroom, he's like, "I, I murdered the family financially with a gun." <laughs> I love that one because Sean was so into that one. Like he loved that line <laughs> all the time. Like throughout when we were shooting, he would just like randomly bust it out to you. Like he loved it. Yeah, a lot of good jokes though. Yeah, some great one. The consistent washing of hands. It's just shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> when you have to say all these jokes out loud, it's just like they're so stupid. <laughs> To fit one of my last questions, this was going to be so the hand washing scene. Why? <laughs> Funnily enough, you me, I blame Andy. For yeah, that. That was my, I'd always the one kind of thing I had as an idea for a comedy film was uh, like a hand washing scene going on too long because you know how like uh, in TV and movies, guys always talk at the urinal and then like go and wash their hands and they have like the whole conversation. It goes on for so long. I went talk to anyone at a urinal full stop like, <laughs> wash my hands for another 20 minutes to finish up the conversation very covid friendly though what they're yeah. doing yeah oh absolutely it's, it's very- a fact it's the fact the scene ends with mike's going i'm just going to wash my hands first <laughs> <laughs> yeah originally the scene ended, he said that and then chris walked out and stole like a bunch of soaps from the bathroom and put them on his jacket <laughs> Uh, but we cut that for time. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the bathroom thing, I always want to ask you guys: Did you know that I was singing in like Dutch or something that whole in that song? I thought you were doing a goofy like I, parody yeah, song. I, it was, <laughs> I was just making up a language. <laughs> I was always kind of like, what they never I heard them. was like, <laughs> no, no, what? And made it in, so that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful. Can you, I couldn't have to go back and see that and obviously I couldn't hear it. I was going to say, yeah, I don't remember picking up on that. But That's the beauty of it, because I was like, yeah, no one's going to really know, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an Easter egg. <laughs> Weirdly, uh, I, I can only go to the bathroom if I'm listening to Dutch music. <laughs> it's definitely probably not Dutch, so sorry for if there's Dutch people watching this. It's very offensive. <clears throat> It's okay. Just need the it's sound of clogs in your sword. Dutch podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so when it came to casting the movie, what what is your process for casting? Because the, the casting is perfect, especially the lady who plays Mrs. Clovenwich, because she's just the best. Yeah. Um, Our process with casting her was let's cast her and tell her as little as possible before she doesn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
and we and, and she came to audition with this with the scene and she and we were like yeah great just like do it normal don't worry about it and then when she when we finally cast her and gave her the script she's like i'll be honest i don't understand it but i'm gonna do it our process was luckily we were able to have in-person auditions at that point and actually get to meet people mm-hmm. um so yeah i think similar to brayden it was just like who uh not only who is the best actor um but who understands it who has the same sense of humor and who will like fully commit to it even though it is very crazy yeah uh, and like everybody we found was super game and i think that's the main reason why the movie works because nobody wants um push back against how crazy it was or nobody like did it as if they were playing it to a laugh track or an audience everyone just showed up and like played it straight and so mm. i think that's why it works yeah and everyone was fun to be around which meant that there was a fun atmosphere which then meant that the yeah movie itself was it's so fun. hard to make a movie and it's so hard to make comedy and if you're miserable during it <laughs> then it's gonna turn out bad yeah. like i can't imagine charlie sheen on his two days of scary movie five was super happy to be around. Maybe he was wedding, wasn't he? That's a hell of a callback, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, boys. So where was the movie filmed? Because Snowy Heights, quite frankly, looks lovely. I want to go. <laughs> yeah. It's filmed in Aurelia, um, a small town north of uh, about an hour and a half north of Toronto. And yeah, we didn't have to do anything to make it look like that. It just looks like that. <laughs> well, our production designer covered it all in tinsel and stuff. Correct. It was February. It was February. Yeah. <laughs> but every bit as charming as it looks in the movie. Yeah. Were there um, were there any scenes that took ages to film because you were all laughing too much? Yeah, the uh, the hat one took a lot yeah. longer than it should. Yeah, the, uh, the <laughs> Storm and Alex. Uh, both seem to have forgotten that the hat joke was coming. So the second he took off the hat the first time, and they hadn't seen the smaller hat at this point, <laughs> it was kind of game over. For but they were already they were already uncontrollably laughing because he just the guy who played Sheriff Rudolph uh, was just um, so funny, Steve Kazan, and he just came in and like he had never done a table read, he never did anything with anybody, um, and he just showed up like 10 minutes before shooting that day and he just came in the scene and no one had ever acted opposite him and he's immediately just like has this weird obama like stilted delivery where he's like hello i am a cop and it was just like very weird and then he took his hat off and it was like, <laughs> brilliant and he was had kept a straight face the whole time yeah. like he's <laughs> so i don't know it was very weird it was very funny Another so, really hard one to film. Sorry, um, tell me if I'm talking too much. No, no, we no, want no, you to no, talk. No. Listen to us talk for fucking ages. So we need to do you guys. This is what it's all about. It's you guys. Um, we were outside in when when in the scene near the end when Mrs. Clovenwich is outside on the street with Chris at night, and he and she says, "I'm the ghost of Christmas past." Blah blah blah. Um, so it was like minus thirty that day. Everybody was like inside by the fireplace when we weren't filming. It was so cold. People like their mouths couldn't move. The actors were like they were mispronouncing words. Fuck. While we were um, but it was really funny because Helly, who played Miss Clovenwich, was like doing such a good job and really into the role, but um she kept forgetting this wet pink dog dick line. Which <laughs> she's like a she's like this sweet lady who He's trying to say, like, like, remind me of a wet pink dog dick. And she just kept bringing it up. And I had to, I was off camera and I was like, wet pink dog dick, wet pink dog dick, wet pink She's dog wet dick. Fucking yeah. pink. Wet, <laughs> wet fucking pink. And then at a certain point, like, everybody's lost it. And she's just like, who the fuck wrote this shit? <laughs> that was really a perfect encapsulation that of was, everything. Yeah. <laughs> That was also on the DVD, I think. Yeah. The only blooper we wanted to include. It is on there. Yeah. <laughs> so my personal favorite characters in the whole film is Keith or Flash the Mall Elf. And not I'm not just saying this because he's here, but Braden's henchman. 
it's like you listen to Braden's music and then you see him in the film dancing and shouting and stuff like it's not the not what you expect when you listen to Say We Can Fly. And I'm sorry, every time I hear Big Baby Boy five foot seven breaks me every time. <laughs> yeah. So how was it to play that role? Because it's so different from how the world knows you. I felt like myself for the first time. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It was, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I don't know. I really had to let go because, like, I'm I'm just, you know, I whenever I watch that still, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I can't believe that's captured on film forever, you know. <laughs> um, but it was fun, man. It's like I all I wanted was, like, I was just like, I'm part being I'm part of a film like that. That was my life goal for a long time. So I was like, whatever they want me to do to serve the story, like, I don't care. I'll do it, you know. So, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like the role I want to play for the rest of my life, but like, it was so much fun. Like I, I was, and it was kind of a challenge for me because I'm usually a pretty reserved person and, you know, I've always been that way. So just to be able to do that in front of a bunch of people, I didn't really know. Uh, it really, I don't know. It taught, it taught me something, I think. And it was actually like easy to let go. And yeah, so it was a lot of fun. I pretty much just watched uh, Tourette's guy videos. <laughs> I watched that. Just literally, that was my research. And I kind of developed like a backstory in my head for the character, even though I knew, you know, nobody would know it. But yeah, so I just wanted to do my job. I just love it. It's the scene where Mary's talking to Santa at the bar and all you could see in the background is you standing there doing this dance. I was fucking dying. I remember Andy at one point came up to me and he's just kind of quiet. He's like, can we just tone it down a little bit? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it was such a small role, and it would have been like <laughs> anyone else. It would have been such a forgettable role. I can't. Yeah, I laugh all the time when Brayden's on screen because he's just doing something funny in the background all the time, and like he's like sniffing. Yeah, Sean's he's sniffing my ex's neck, and he's like, I don't know. He just steals every scene, and it's kind of it really um, does. Yeah, better than you could hope for for a character. Spraying himself in the face and it's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the credits roll and it says music by Brain Barry and you're hearing when snow falls and you're like, wow, that's beautiful. And then you see he played the henchman, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. It was. Oh, it's so fun. But w- with the different characters, where did the inspiration come for someone, especially someone like Arthur? Like <laughs> Clearly, Andy is the inspiration for Arthur. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was when we were watching these weird Hallmark and uh, various other companies, there were a lot of like time traveling. There's a lot of weird people, tropes you like, notice. Soldiers and princes. And yeah. It, you notice, yeah. like, like, if you watch one of those movies, you might not realize. But as soon as you watch, like, two or three, you're like, okay, well, there's always someone time traveling. Uh, there's always someone who doesn't want to accept help, even though they should. And there's always a grandmother who's in everybody's business. So it mm-hmm. sort of, it came from that. And then it also just came from, like, us thinking who would play well against other people and, like, what each scene needed. Mm-hmm. Um like Arthur ended up weirdly being the heart of the movie, which we never would have expected. And, and Keith ended up being like the relatable uh, part of the movie. And yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think it was a lot of just kind of like deciding what joke fits with what character kind of thing. You know, we had a lot of joke ideas and we already knew what kind of, typical characters would have to work in there it was just kind of working with, uh what kind of jokes fit with who right mm. I, I never knew that there was a fucking like schedule that you have to stick to for hallmark movies that you mentioned earlier <laughs> like that's the most ridiculous thing ever like surely why can't people just adapt and do their own thing rather than it has to have a time traveler it has to have a prince it has to have a fucking they must fall in love they're not fall in love but then they will at the end bullshit absolute bullshit yeah and there's like a rule that they can't like people can't kiss and they can only kiss once and it has to be at the end and people can't at no no woman uh, who's not married can have kids and no there's like a lot of things i think they're slowly changing them 
Um, and I'll take all the credit for that. That we uh, <laughs> <laughs> really groundbreaking, I think. You should. You should take, don't take the credit for it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything like now in hindsight, looking back on the music, is there anything you would have done differently? Um, <laughs> um, if Brayden wouldn't mind like muting us, I didn't really like. I think we could have done without him. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I agree. <laughs> Andy wasn't great. There <laughs> <laughs> not be on this show with you guys, so I guess like if we wouldn't have released it, that wouldn't have happened. That would have been. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Probably in reality, the only thing that I would change is the amount of shit on his hands. <laughs> really? I need more. More. <laughs> like a lot of people understood a lot of the jokes that we didn't think they would. But the one thing that seems to be the consensus is like there's too much shit on his hands. Yeah. I disagree. No. Yeah. See, everybody. It's not, <laughs> at the same time, I feel like somewhere in the movie we have to go a bit too far, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, there's quite a few points. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it just, be- it works so beautifully. <laughs> yeah. What, what about you, Brayden? Is there anything you would have done differently, whether it would be in your role in the music? More God. <laughs> <laughs> I would have, uh, I, uh, dude, I, uh, I get, I accidentally like ruin like ruin my hair cut before we shot it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened, dude. I was like, I was like, oh, I need to like to do a little trim because a lot of times I trim my own hair and you know what happened, dude. But if you watch that, you'll you'll see it, you know. Um, I think it works well though. It did, yeah, it did. It's yeah, just, I think it's, the hair is meant to let the yeah, cut together. Yeah, wonked out, but um, no, honestly, I had a great time. I did. I really had a great time. I loved it, and. uh yeah, I learned a lot, especially from doing the score. I learned so much about <clears throat> like my software and production, and yeah. So I wouldn't do a darn thing different. It's amazing to hear. I love that because you know all of the movie we, me and Tom, genuinely love. That's why we wanted you on here to promote this film to talk about because we love it so much. So it's amazing to hear that you guys are so happy with what you did. But before we move on from Cup of Cheer, I do have to ask one more question personally. How does orange juice cause satanic asbestos? <laughs> well, you'd, uh, you'd have to you have to be Canadian to understand, I think. Okay, bro. Oh. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I did do a research paper on it and I still couldn't figure it out. So. Yeah. And this was actually the uh, this was my thesis and <laughs> Turns out it can't. It's like a it's fake news. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, is there any more questions you wanted to ask about Cup of Cheer before we moved on? Uh, not about Cup of Cheer. I do have one question about uh, about clouds. Is there anything that you can unveil about clouds at all? Uh, absolutely. It's uh, a short film I wrote and directed. That's uh, we shot in October. Um, and it, I've been working on it for a long time before that, and uh, it's very different to Cup of Cheer. It's <laughs> okay. um, definitely not a Christmas movie or a, or a or airplane comedy. type comedy. It's a much more of a serious kind of drama, but it's just about putting two people, kind of shutting two people in one room and uh, shaking it up and watching the tension kind of spill over. Okay. And yeah, mm. and we're it now and we're happy with how it is so far and we're hoping that um brain will be doing the score um yeah and it may be a tv pilot it may be a short film uh we'll have to wait and see yeah we're kind of excited to see what happens with it are you going to be recent over here um potentially i mean i hope so in one way or another yes it will be <laughs> I mean, you are British, Andy. Come on, sort of. Exactly. Yeah, I can't. I can't let the side down. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you work on? Or is it is clouds your focus at the moment? Uh, we're developing a few TV uh, shows that are similar in tone to Cup of Cheer. Um, we're working right now on a um, reality show, which is like 
a parody sort of thing. Oh, amazing. That's a brilliant idea. And uh, we're also doing another movie. Am I allowed to say the title? Uh, sure. I mean, I don't know if it will. Well, the title kind of explains. <laughs> it's called American Ghost Shark Haunting. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, it's, yeah, yeah a spiritual successor to Cup of Cheer. It's just going to be like an A24 indie horror, like a very uh, upscale horror movie, but fucking stupid. And oh, get in. Please tell me that Andy's playing the lead Texan character. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's playing Howdy Texas. Howdy, Howdy Texas. <laughs> and I hope you're currently working on a henchman and Officer Rudolph spin-off movie because that needs to be yeah. seen after the oh. end of the movie. Oh, we yeah, did sure. like plot out what the sequel would be, um, waiting for the day when we can make it. And the henchman does come back in in a quite a big way mm-hmm. to see so Slash also the henchman might have been undercover as a cop the whole time. We haven't really figured it out, but that is an alternate reading of the movie because he pulls the small hat out of his pocket at the end. And the Sheriff Rudolph says deputy, right? Yeah. So either he got a promotion right there or he was undercover the whole time. And that's up to the fans to decide. Mm -hmm. He could have been pulling all the strings. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you're asking the wrong guy. I don't know. <laughs> so, Braden, what's coming up for you, my friend? Um, yeah, currently just working on another album. Uh, Say We Can Fly album. It's kind of like emo rap, uh, poppy stuff. Um, hopefully, shooting a music video in the next couple months. Um, and yeah, I have a full length that I'm sitting on as well. So, I just have a bunch of new music I'm sitting on and trying to book some shows for like the end of the year. Hopefully, they can happen. And uh, yeah, you know, hopefully working on uh, on the cloud score as well, and whatever these guys want to do. So, in in our last chat, you mentioned a Dakin type movie. Is is that still on the cards? Yeah, it's written. We just uh, it's one of those things where me and Micah like we we do everything ourselves. Like we you know pass the camera back and forth, and like literally just do everything. So I think something like that is just you know it would require a lot more, a little more planning, a little more help. So, I mean, it's something that we want to do, definitely. So, just kind of got to wait for the right time, I think, for that. Well, hopefully, by then this year, be able to actually do something. Hopefully, this yeah. year, and everyone's getting vaccinated, be able to actually go outside and play again. Yeah. Please. Please. Yeah. Please. <laughs> I want to see people. <laughs> uh, Tom, is there anything else you wanted to ask before we get out of here? Uh, no, because the uh, answers with the, with the new horror movie spin-off coming up so yeah I'm, I'm all good wonderful jake and andy any plugs any any way you want people to be able to find you online obviously um yeah i mean it is a cup it is a christmas movie but you can still watch cup of cheer if you want to escape from our nightmare reality um it's available in the uk on sky itunes virgin amazon prime Amazon Prime. <laughs> yes. And it is available in uh, North America on Amazon Prime and Tubi for free. And my first movie, All About Who You Know, is a little bit funny, a little bit dramatic, a little bit of a coming of age, very uh, meta rom com. And that is on Amazon Prime in the US. It's on a streaming platform called Crave in Canada, it's nowhere in the UK. And you can send your angry letters to Gravitas, who is our distributor. Done. Will do, because I want to watch that. And our five-star rating Cup of Cheer for you as well. Yeah, and please leave ratings for Cup of Cheer on Letterboxd, on Amazon, wherever. Uh, really helps us out and it helps uh, a lot of people get to check out the film who would have never seen it otherwise. Absolutely. And what about you, Braden? Where can people find you online? I've been Say We Can Fly, all one word. Anywhere. Pop, just pop that into the Google machine. Love it. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Guys, Follow thank you so Twitter. much for this. Sorry. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Go on. Go on. Uh, no, 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 no. At by J Corwitz, B-Y. And uh, I, I'm trying to tweet more funny things and less like promotional things. Um, so, yeah. 
Beautiful. Wonderful. And another thing. No, it's okay. No, go on. What's that? <laughs> no, 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 no. I just wanted to interrupt, inter- interrupt you. Like, <laughs> interrupt me? That's fine. I mean, if you want to, you can carry on. It's all good. <laughs> Wonderful. Gents, this has been amazing. We've had an absolute blast. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Thank you. And we best go because the uh, the grilled cheese won't fuck itself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, boys. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. I'll see you next you. time, hopefully. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. definitely. Take care, boys. Take care, boys. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Frank Uyamili, and I'm the narrator for some wonderful audio dramas from Syscast, like Marty and Mars, Bounty Hunters, and a great part in Val Toby with much more to come. You can find these programs on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or head over to our website, www.syscast.com. We are excited to announce that we are now affiliated with the Chronicles of Podcast with Tom and Jamie. Now, let's get to this week's interview. Hi. This is Braden Barry from Say We Can Fly, and you're listening to The Chronicles of Podcast.